Um, Adi, let's talk a little bit more about um, the community in Michigan um, that has, and, and you know, you, you talked a little bit about this yesterday, about just the sheer um, emotion that um, is driving this. And just to kind of give people a sense, um, in Michigan, David referenced the 10,000 votes that separated Hillary Clinton um, from Donald Trump when Donald Trump won Michigan. It was 150,000 votes that separated uh, Trump and Biden when we uh, in the in 2020 when Biden won, um, there are about 140,000 uh, people who voted in that election who say that they are Muslims. Now, that's obviously not all Arab Americans are Muslim. Uh, not all Muslims are Arab American. But this is a really significant community. Um, and Tlaib has been encouraging them to vote as a block. How do you see that playing out? Well, I think that's kind of the point of primaries, right? It's it's your moment, as she says, to have a bullhorn and say, this is the issue that matters to me. I'd also like to broaden this out, because this is not necessarily an issue, what's going on in Gaza, that is affecting Arab Americans only. Right. Generationally, young people in the Democratic Party view this differently. Michigan has a large student population. Michigan has, as you said, a large um, Arab American and even black Muslim population. These are all people who find a with what they see as oppression in the region. And one of the reasons why I think this is an interesting test is having a test of, of the coalition, meaning your white, blue-collar labor guys, your various affinity groups, your students. This is a different picture than South Carolina, don't you think? Where it was really more like, hey, remember those folks who helped us last time? Are they coming back? This is like, oh, well, what is the picture of the group of voters who make up Biden? And is this going to happen? I mean, is that, and, am and I, I reading I too you, much into no, Michigan? No, I think you get a little representative in Michigan uh, of each slice of his coalition. Yeah. So, and yeah. they're saying, look, you walk the picket lines for labor. Like, you know, the mayor of Dearborn was upset when they sent campaign people instead of policy people to talk about the Middle East. They're saying, take us seriously. And yeah. I think that's maybe how we can think of it, instead of just sort of like, which identity group is complaining today? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's take a look. John Stewart actually opened um, The Daily Show with a monologue about Gaza last night. I want to watch a little bit of that. Hey, Israel! Could you please be more careful with your bombing? It's good advice. But really, couldn't the United States have told Israel that when we gave them all the bombs? We're, there are bombs. There's, this is like your Coke dealer coming in with an eight ball and going, don't stay up all night. Um, Jonah Goldberg, we've talked a lot about where Democrats are on this, and Ashley, you know, weigh in too, but... There's a reason why the president has been where he is this entire time on this issue, which is that still, despite the pressure from progressives, a lot of the country is with him on Israel. Yeah, that's sort of my problem with the way the media generally talks about the Michigan issue and all that is, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with the squeaky wheel getting attention. That's how politics, that's how democracy works. People who organize and protest get attention. At the same time, it's sort of assumed that if you would just switch positions to what the sort of... The, the Rashida Tlaib's want, that would solve his political problems, and it would not. Um, you know, David's right about Michigan being on the teetering point for, for Biden. If he went whole hog the other way, he'd probably lose Pennsylvania. Um, and he might, and it, it's not obvious to me when you look at the numbers that, that switching positions would gain him more votes than would lose him even in Michigan. Um, th this all goes to the, and I think this is part of Audie's point, is like, it's more of the generational thing that is a real threat to Biden than the, the Arab-American or Muslim vote in Michigan. And 
it just goes to the fact that his coalition is much bigger than Donald Trump's. And therefore, you're going to have people on different sides of issues in the same coalition. FDR had straight-up Klansmen and communist Jews and blacks in his coalition. You know, weird things happen. In <laughs> Taking us back to that. Yeah, it was a big tent party back then. And so I think that, 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 that he's just in a bad position where he is kind of in a no-win political situation no matter what. Yeah, no, the president and the administration has been walking this incredibly fine line um, for months now, since October, in fact. But, you know, I think the, the announcement that we're close to a ceasefire is a game changer, especially going into Michigan tonight and especially going into the State of Union. So I, I, I'm hearing a sense from the administration that they're sort of breathing a sigh of relief to some degree, that there could be some pressure being let out the valve here. Um, and we'll, but we'll see, to everyone's point tonight, how this plays out. But I don't think that there's any sort of hero on fire concern because, again, you know, I think they think that this whole thing will be wrapped up and we still have eight more months. Very interesting. I will say, um, I, Max Foster earlier in the show was saying the Israelis are kind of throwing some cold water on what Biden had to say last oh, night. Yeah. So I am interested to see how that dynamic plays out.